Welcome to Talk Save Culture Talks, the podcast of Paradisic, the Pacific and Regional Archive for Digital Sources in Endangered Cultures. I'm Jody Kell. And I'm Stephen Gagao. These are conversations with people who have personal and cultural connections to the languages and music in our archive. It's early morning in May 2018 at Three Mile Out Station near Papanya, some 250 kilometres northwest of Alice Springs in the Northern Territory. Pintubi Lurecha woman Linda Junkata Anderson is wearing headphones, listening to a recording of her father's singing from 1976. She has never heard this recording before. In this episode, you'll hear both the legacy recording of her father and Linda's reaction as she listens. Linda has been a teacher at Papanya School for over 20 years. She has held the position of Vice President of Papanya Community Council and she plays a leading role in community cultural life. Her father, Nosepeg Jupurula, was born in 1918, a Winamba man of the southern Pintubi region. He played an integral role in establishing Papanya community in the 1960s, undertaking remote trips to locate desert people throughout the 50s and the 60s. He was also a celebrity who entranced a series of filmmakers, journalists and academics with his wit, knowledge and charisma, appearing in five feature films including Jeddah. Linda is listening to her father sing a public ceremony or song set he calls Wanji Wanji. It was recorded by New Zealand musicologist Richard Moyle. Richard's research career spans 50 years, including 10 years of fieldwork in Samoa, Tonga, Fiji, the Northern Cook Islands, Central Australia and Taku. His 1979 landmark book, Pintubi Music, was the culmination of his research on traditional Pintubi songs, and his recordings are held at the Australian Institute of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Studies. Sydney University musicologist and linguist Miffany Tepen documents Aboriginal song. Her research interests include the relationship between language and music, identifying ways to support the continuation of endangered languages and performing arts. Part of her work involves returning recordings such as these back to the communities of origin and to find out more about the songs and the people who sang them. This interview is one of the many that Miffany has made with cultural custodians as they listen to the recordings. This is part of the MMT1 collection that has been archived at Paradisi. As Linda listens to the half-hour recording of her father singing, she paints a picture of her childhood 
when such corroboree songs were part of everyday life. She reflects on how her children and grandchildren have missed out on this. My name is um, Linda Chunkara Henderson, and we used to wake up every morning when they sang. Yeah. Even when they waited for Nataka, like food would be cooking and we would wait and listen to old people singing mm, as we waited for whatever was cooking. <laughs> mm. Just like, you know, when we, nowadays we listen to radio and we wake up to radio being in a plate in the morning. We used to listen to them singing, no radio, but beautiful singing from elders, you know. You know. Oh, nice, soft and yeah. yeah. It's like going on a journey and the song would take to places after places and every little song had a message. Whether there's something, you know, getting up or crawling or... So when they sing and say it, it's like message to... The children, let's put it this way, it's just like a um, storybook. When you're flipping over pages, you would hear um, one page about that particular picture. So it's like that, similar. <laughs> to love going to Cropery night. Better than loud music. <laughs> In the 60s, we used to sit and listen to their songs and Cropperies. Mm. Different uh, parts took different action of Cropperies while they, you know, dance and perform that particular part 
So I'll reminisce to call out, hey, your children, it's, you know, crockery time. And I used to be the first one sitting, because yeah. I really liked the singing, you yeah. know. And the women are, you know, missing out on that, and it's really, you know, sad when that is not happening anymore. Because yeah. our children missed out a lot on that. And their children's gonna miss on that. Unless it's, you know, introduced back. Because different cultures coming in and take, you know, taking a culture, you know, taking over. We were lucky. another part of song to another, maybe another place about food. Because yeah, we Kyrgyz um, read. Some may have um, traveled, and when they travel, they share songs. Yeah, that might have happened before. This is, you know, when women go out, they share songs, and they sing it. And they, you know, they talk about, um, this is experience I had um, when I used to take children out bush, and I used to hear elders singing and performing a dance, and they used to share it from other people with their permission. And they used to say, oh, this is, you know, what I was taught from my auntie or my, my mother or grandmother. On NITV, I watched all three women singing our songs and Pindabaluri Jabindabhi, you know, women singing their songs. So they share it around. Mm. Especially when they're doing that particular country song. Yeah. When they're you know, teaching the young children. I was talking to my son this morning as we were coming into Papania. 
you know, he should be listening to his grandfather singing uh, and learning his songs. When I first knew my father, and that's when I first heard him a couple of times at Warwia. You there used to be a place called Warwia that I first met my dad there when I was about seven. Because my mum said, oh, you know, you got to start visiting your dad because he wants to know you and you want to know him. So that was my first opportunity to go and meet him. Yeah, and that's when I went and saw him at Warwia. <laughs> Yeah, they used to take males from Papania, 1972, 70. They used to take male from Papania to Warwia. And my father came on that mail truck and he came and got me. And we went and halfway been on an accident. But, but we were okay. And then went to Warwia. And I stayed there, visited family, got to know my um, other sister and brothers. Actually, there was only three of them, one adopted one. And because dad had married um, the wife, Nyingura, when she had the first son. So I met him and he became my brother too. That was lovely. Because if I wouldn't have, you know, went there, I wouldn't have knew, knew them. Half of my family, but I know them now. I visit them. I go to funeral, and they come and see me. So when I go to all over the country, they know him by that name, and they start to, you know, getting me into their family. You know, when they say, "Oh." This is my, you know, my father. Yeah, I know that old. Uh, when I speak to old people, they know him, because he had been, you know, living around their place in the old bungalow days. Yeah.
And when I go to Eastern Aranda place, they know him. Old people, old men, old women, and Wolpri everywhere. Wolpri, they know me, and they call you know, my dad, oh, famous man. Oh, that you a famous man. When I did my university degree in Sydney at Macquarie Uni, I was doing research. I went to Canberra and looked at his biography, tried to find where he came from and what language he spoke. But a little bit when he spoke, it wasn't um, real that Pindupi language. It was something around uh, southern Pindupi. They call it the Winanpa, because that's the um, language. It's on a book. Jeremy Long wrote a book, and that's the language he put. Maybe Dad gave that language to him. A little bit like Ngātātāra, because when I went there, they said, oh, your father lived around here, and this is his country, Mchukula. So I visited some of the country, and my relatives who still live there told me a little bit about how my father is drawn the country. really good part of my you know, life. Child growing up, I used to love going to robberies, sitting around with my people and listening to, and it was just like a um, bedtime story for me. Yeah, made me go to sleep ready for school tomorrow, the next day. That's why I tell um, my granddaughter, I tell a little story about my childhood memories. And she always ask me questions, and I sometimes make a big pause <laughs> and then retell it again. Mm. Because 
she asked me, you know, a lot of questions. Why is it not, you know, this not happening? Really sad for, you know, children to ask. Because we sad to hear that too. Like, not happening. Because our old people, you know, went away with us, uh, rich values and knowledge. Like I said, many of the old people aren't around and and not very much practices is happening. Like some should come to school and you know, because I when I look at Walpri media, they you know take still continue going and visiting country and that should be happening in all schools, you know. Yeah, yeah. culture of the Pintubi people of Central Australia. And thank you to our listeners for joining us. If you would like more information about Paradisec, the work we do and the online catalogue, you can visit our website at www.paradisec.org.au. Toxare Culture Talks was launched as part of the United Nations International Year of Indigenous Languages in 2019. We would like to acknowledge the support of the Australian Research Council's Centre of Excellence for the Dynamics of Language and the University of Sydney, the University of Melbourne and the Australian National University.